Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. How y'all doing? Good? What's good? Sure. What's good? I knew that wouldn't take long. This is a mic drop. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to pontificate for long, but um, this morning I was standing in the kitchen and I was just all by myself, you know, and there was music playing, Christmas music. Anyway, I just became acutely aware of the fact that my agitation was because I had an itch that needed scratching. And the real issue with all of us is that we were designed for perfection. We were designed as spirits to live in the presence of God. And we've been subjected to horrible corruption in everything. You know, we we see it in the government. We see it in how we would like other people to be around us, their brokenness. We see it in ickiness in food. We see it in, I mean, everywhere. Sickness, all this stuff. Our bodies fall apart as we get older, and I'm not up for that, and it happens anyway. And it's just like your your whole being is subjected to the fact that there is entropy. Things run down. The world doesn't do the world as you would like it to be, which is perfection. I would like it to be sweetness and light. And I would like to have deep peace and deep comfort and deep joy and not have to hope because I have everything fulfilled already. That's what I want. That's what I'm longing for. Safety, love, peace. I'm designed to operate well that way. And I don't have it. And all of a sudden I went, of course, I want to be with you. I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And I am a spirit that is acutely aware of the fact that as a human, I'm getting to observe a lot of stuff that if I died and gone straight to heaven as a a baby or an infant or a fetus, I never would have had the opportunity to understand this journey of life and the journey of what sin has done and why God is so magnificently good. I have a contrast. My brain thinks that way. There's a contrast here. And I long for heaven. I long for Jesus. Fortunately, I'm in him. I'm in him so I can take my thoughts and I can move the dial over to him and then I can experience peace and joy and love to some degree, still buffeted by the fact that I live here on this planet. But he says, fix your mind on these things. He's told us where to fix our minds to have hope and peace and joy. And I want to do that and I want to think more about this. I want to think more about this because... This has been the plight of humans since we were created. 
you know, if you think of all the kingdoms that have risen and fallen, risen and fallen, I mean, that's, that's the, the way it works here. And yet the church has stood, Christians have stood since there was a theocracy, you know, since Israel. And people have always believed in something supernatural, even if it wasn't our God. So there is a longing in the human heart for something other than what we find here and across the board. And I think that we would, it would behoove us to keep bringing our minds back to that, especially during this time of great unrest fomenting in the air. You can feel it, like Lloyd said, if it's not one thing, it's another. And that's what I'm thinking about. Anybody else? Yeah. What you thinking about? Well, I did a thing called Bible Bowl yesterday, and it's um, like people get together from all around and well, all around Missouri, and um, you know, study God's word. And this uh, month we did. Ephesians, and I don't know, I think we would all be better people if we just went back and read Ephesians 4 through 6. I couldn't agree, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. That's a good thing that's gone. Anybody else? You don't mind me, Pat? Here, I'll, I'll hang okay. Um, I, I'm just so blessed, um, because everything in my life has been a struggle, it seems like, and his faithfulness always meets me every single time, and it's nothing that I can boast in myself about. Like, we have this new house that we've been praying for for how many years, and it's just seeing this beauty come to life, and it has nothing to do with who I am or what I've done. It has everything to do with his love and his mercy and his grace. And it's a daily thing that I just look around and I say, this is you, Father. This is your blessing. This is your promise. This is your grace and mercy in my life. And that what I think is hard, you turn into a blessing. And so as we cast our burdens upon him, he blesses us and he gives us peace. And it's his righteousness and his love and his joy that has sustained me. And in that, everything that I thought was hard is nothing compared to what he's given me and his blessing. And so I'm just so thankful to him going through our hard times. You know, it's you look around and you can find his grace and you can find his mercy. It doesn't mean that if you're in a hard spot, you have to stay there and you have to be miserable. It's another opportunity to find his, his grace and his mercy in your life. And so I'm so thankful that he has done that for me. Yep. Anybody else? I'm just hanging on to the mic because Brenda and I have had our hands all over it. So Um, so just to give, like, 
testimony to everything you guys are saying. I have felt that same angst like inside of me of what's going on in the world and just the clashing that happens between family and friends and close relationships. I feel strain everywhere. And I just recently traveled because I was like, I got to get out of here. But wherever, I just went to Puerto Rico. I got back yesterday. But wherever I go, there I still am. And so I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to run from this internal struggle. And I think it was so good what you said this morning. It spoke right to me when you said, even if your circumstances don't change, our hope is in God. And so it just spoke so deep, deeply to me this morning because I am, I'm, I'm looking at things or people or places to try to settle this like war zone inside of me. But I think that when we when we lean into Ephesians and we lead into God's, what he's done for us and we pull from our history and, um, and when we wrestle with that too, like Brenda was saying, that it's like, it's okay to be like, ah, I was created for something else, but to find hope in that. And so it just spoke real, real deep to me this morning. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. This is a scripture I got this morning without, do you have something? Okay, I got more in a minute. You know, um, what Brenda said and what Raquel said really kind of resounded because I too felt when you said about um, our, our hope is in God, not our circumstances. Well, I'm going to tell you, I still hope my circumstances change. You know, we all do. We all do. And um, sometimes... When I'm by myself, and I, I sit on, on my chair, and I look around in my apartment, and, and I, all of a sudden, I'll, I'll feel something. And it's a, a deep, quiet peace sometimes. And then you start thinking, well, God... I thank you, got a place. I thank you that I got a place to live. I thank you that I can look around and watch the fish in my fish tank and wonder how all these different species can get along. And then you just stare at the fish, and that deep um, quiet becomes an awareness of God. Okay, and um, don't feel that very often. But when you do feel it, or when I do feel it, I remember it. You know, it's something that you're not going to forget. And then it really, my circumstances don't matter. It's just, I'm grateful for the peace and the presence and knowing up here and in here when they finally connect, you know, that it's, it's God's peace that I'm feeling and I sometimes wish I could just stay there and just wipe out the rest of the circumstances you know because when you get back out into the world it sucks come on sometimes it does you know and you get barraged from all corners but you've got that little tiny quiet peace to remember you know and that happened a couple weeks ago when I was just sitting in my living room watching my fish. That's a good thing to do. 
So the scripture I got this morning, the reason I wanted this, I didn't know where it would go or anything, you're always taking a risk to do that, is I got Revelations 12, 11. I think it's 12, 11. I'm terrible at addresses. But anyway, it's how the enemy is overcome. And it's through the blood of the Lamb. Our, think of what we worshipped, how we worshipped. The word of our testimony, and that we did not love our lives unto death. The word of our testimony is Christ in us, the hope of glory, and all these things, in, in what each of you said. That testimony strikes something that overcomes the enemy's camp. And allows us to be overcomers when we hear each other, what we're overcoming. And uh, what, whether even in, in a, the profound admonishment to read Ephesians, <laughs> to get there and go there and have that harness you. Listen, that was the Lord. If I was y'all, I'd read Ephesians this week. There's something there for you that is a gift of the things that you guys were talking about. There's a gift of hope, a gift of peace, a gift of, that, that pierces through the circumstances that God wants to speak to us. That's how God speaks to us. Now, so this is my admonishment to you this morning. I never hear God. You just did. That was God in the word of our testimony. It's his speaking back to us. I want to encourage you, come to this prayer meeting. Why? Because they told us not to get together. That, that's what, a really good reason to come together and pray. Because they told us not to. You know, it's not because I'm an old biker or something. I got enough in me that goes, I'm not going to live by lies. If they're telling me not to, then that's the very thing I'm going to do. Not as stubborn but as understanding the way God works and what he wants to speak to our hearts. And uh, I, I want to be an overcomer, and I want to be with people that overcome. And so if you can't make it, I understand. But if you can make it, come out and pray on Wednesday nights. It's an hour. What will it do? Get us in a position where we're hearing more from God. It's, an, it's, an, it's that time well spent where it can really encourage your heart. And the other thing is, if you're a lady in the church, if you're uh, a woman in the church, uh, come to our house on Friday night because Brenda's got the women's gathering together. So we're still going to do these things. We're going to gather together. I'm still going to keep doing church Sunday morning. And if you guys want to show up, let's do church together. Um, Oh, yeah, Friday night, bring food. The time is 6.30 to 8.30. Yeah, it's dinner time, so bring something appropriate that's very yummy that Lloyd would like. Just saying. I have my hope, too. What is that that I like? Just about anything. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't like eggplant real well. Well, I like, I sort of like it in Baba Kanush, but that's about it. Eggplant, Parmesan, not so much. It's, there's very few things that I don't like to eat, obviously. 
Hey, let's wait just a minute. I'm just so mindful of this this morning for each of our hearts. What Jesus said in John 14, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Our belief in Jesus is such a harnessing. Our testimony is such a harnessing. In, in your own testimony, if it's our, if the word of our testimony is what helps overcome, I, this is a little bit hard, but I want you to think back to a really bad time that was like maybe worse than this time, in, personally in your life. Maybe you haven't had that yet, but a really difficult, really hard time. Did God not answer you? Did he, maybe not the way you wanted it, but was he not there? Did he not show himself? Doesn't leave us alone. You can feel alone, but he doesn't leave us alone. I would just agree with Linda right now to see the fish swimming in that tank. Start marking in prayer, not just today, but in this week. Read Ephesians and then start marking in prayer where God came and showed up. He was there. You're here because he was there. You're here today because he was there. I am Psalm 40 and so are you. I cried out and he inclined and heard my prayer. And he rescued me. And he took me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock. Of this I am sure, and of this my soul knows well, that God took care of me. God took care of you. Amen. We are looking at, um, last week, I didn't have this thing working, and now it's not working again. There we go. Uh, on perspective on, on freedom and what that means in our... Uh, spent last week talking about our, our position and what it means to be positioned in Christ and how Ephesians lays out what actually gave us the freedom of no condemnation. And of all the freedoms that I have in God, I don't know of a greater one than Romans 
to not have to be, I'm no longer in a position of being condemned because of what it says in verse 2. And you can catch up by listening to that on the website, but um, it's a, I'm, I'm going to use a whole bunch of P words to connect this together because it starts with having your perspective change and perspective is the way you look at things. How you view, how God uses something to get you to view something, your, your perspective change. It's like if you're in a wrestling match and, and any of you guys do this to guys, but maybe there's gals that did this, but did you do wrestling in high school? Any of you wrestlers? No, did any of you ever watch growing up professional wrestling? You know, when the Mad Bomber, you know, mine was guys like that, names like Gorgeous George. Uh, believe it or not, he had long flowing uh, <coughs> white hair. And, and uh, oh, and uh, Pat Murphy. Pat Murphy was this Irishman with all puffed up ears, you know, and he was just from getting thrown down in the mat. Listen, when you're in a wrestling match, perspective is everything. Because if you're on the bottom and that big guy's on top, you have a perspective. But if you're on top and the other guy's underneath, you got another perspective. And if you try and become the referee of the match, you have another perspective. So perspective is the way you manage looking at the stuff that happens in life. Um, me, I don't get in the ring anymore. The word of God and the understanding of the new covenant primarily, primarily, not completely, but primarily came through Paul. Why did God do that? I don't know. He chose this one guy that's kind of this enigmatic, puzzling character who seems really tough sometimes and then he's real gentle these other times. And the Word of God seems really hard and rigid and he wants to go turn him over to Satan and then the next, you know, and, and here's this guy who starts, but he, he got this from God. He was given a perspective. The main part of that is found in the book of Romans. His understanding of his explanation of what Christ's death and resurrection, but primarily what his death did for us and what it changed for you and I on the earth is huge. That's why the admonition to read Ephesians, when he explains from the beginning of creation, even starting in Ephesians 1, what that does and then God's plan of salvation and what it means for our authority and who we are, and that it was from the beginning of such a perspective Paul understood God's perspective. And so he explains it to us. And he does that try, trying to get us to see this. Another P word. Your position in Christ. What, what position you're in. If you're in the, you know, what has God done with me? Romans 8 verse 2 explains Romans 8 verse 1 as far as your position and it's this you've been set free from the law now notice it said from the law of sin and death and been made alive to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
And so he's trying to get you to see your perspective of being in Christ. And that has allowed you to have a freedom from condemnation. It's positioned you to see all of life and how, and then especially how you relate to God and how God relates to you. Because the entanglement for most people is we've had a sin perspective. Most of what we've been taught and learned was the perspective of what sin does to your life. Romans 8.2 says you've been set free from the law of that. And now you're trying to relate to God on your sin. How much, when, where, what. And then the commitment that you promised with all your dear heart, if he gives you enough grace, you won't try and do it again. Which you know you should repent for lying right there. Even though your intent is good. And so this perspective of, of how I see myself in this position of being in Christ sets me free from relating to God on a perspective of sin. So I have something to tell you. God does not want to relate to you by your sin. Does that make sense? He wants to relate to you by Christ in you. He sees you as you are in Christ. That's what Ephesians tells us, and that's incredible. So Ephesians 1 says that before the, you know, it's like listening to the opening of Lord of the Rings. Before the foundations of the world, you know, and there's this huge, there should be dramatic music and everything. But it says, God chose you and presented you perfect to himself. Huh? Perspective? You're the big deal. The movie's about you. And what he did for you. And what it's his intent for you. That's the position you're in. And it set you free from a whole lot of other things. So it's that position of what we've been in. Uh, I've got to get ahead on this thing. That's your perspective. I did this last week. You should get... Did all those last week. The position that you're now in. What? Uh, guys, I'm sorry. Let me just explain it to you. The position that we're in released another P word to it. And that's the understanding of promise. What a promise is. So you being in Christ releases the promise of God to you and that, how do I know that it's real? 
Is the Holy Spirit real? How do you know that? By faith, I believe it, and I sense that he's in me. How do you differentiate between God speaking and you speaking? Uh, That's actually not hard. People try to say it's hard, but when the voice of the Lord comes inside of me and the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I know it. The more familiar you become with that and the promise. So he does this. As a guarantee of your position, he puts the Holy Spirit inside of you. In Christ. You have, so Paul writes it this way. He says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells where? In you. So there is this. How do I know that I have a good position in Christ? Through his promise. So, later in Romans 8, he tells us so, it's just so clear when it starts lining up, you start going, if this is my position, then why do I have this position? And he says, because of this, Christ is in you. You've received the spirit of Christ. Later in, in Romans 8, he says, the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. How do I know I'm in Christ? Did you receive Christ? Yes. So that position is I'm no longer in the flesh, I'm in the spirit. What I was taught before is that my, the promises and that position was regulated on my performance, another P word, but it's not. It's regulated on a promise that he made. And when he did the promise, he did it to God, his father, for you. So he makes a promise, I will die as them that they might live as me. And he says, and this is yours if you receive it. Would you like it? There's a perspective. What do I have to do to get it? Receive it here. No, what do I have to do? You you can't do anything. If I get better, then can I take it? Uh, No. If I do worse, then can I get it? No. No. No, here's the perspective. Receive it. Receive it from me as a gift. I do it on your behalf. It's such a, such a change uh, because it puts us into the promise. Look at these. I, I wrote two different versions of this. This is about the promise of God. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. How many promises have God made? Well, if you start in Genesis and go forward, they, they're all yes in Christ. He is the fulfillment of every promise that's ever been made by God is fulfilled in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us 
to the glory of God. What does that mean? I receive it and I go, yes, amen. You're free from the law of sin and death. Yes, amen. Not on my performance. I'm free from the law of sin and death. There's a yes and amen in my heart. I go, yes, God. And so through him, that amen being spoken, he says this. Now it, you got to hear this next sentence because it's key. Now it is God who makes both us and you to stand firm in Christ. Who's responsible for the position? He'll make you stand firm in Christ. What? No, it's what I do. Nope. No, it isn't. You've got a wrong perspective. But that's what I was taught. I don't care. I, I don't care anymore if, if what you were taught was wrong because it wasn't New Covenant. Because New Covenant, the word New Covenant means promise. A covenant is a promise kept. It's stunning. It's a game changer because by it, now with that promise, I no longer relate to God through sin. I was taught my whole life to do that. When I, when I lived overseas, when I lived in Ireland, the first 15 minutes of every church service was this confession of how rotten we all are. Seriously. Now, I'm not putting down a denomination or putting them down. That's what they knew. But they spent the whole time confessing how horrible we all were and what we deserved. That's not the word of my testimony. The word of my testimony is what he's done. Don't go to God to relate to him on your sin. It's actually been removed. We'll look at this more next week. God will make me to stand, not my performance. How does God deal with my sin? We're going to get to it. He doesn't deal with you according to your sin, but according to another P word, parenting. (laughs) He parents you. He corrects you. He does. When you mess up, he doesn't deal with you by the sin, he deals with you by growth. And understanding. I want you to learn. Rather than the P word we were taught, which is punishment. This can make so, this can be, this can get us to the place my hope is built on nothing less. It's built on nothing less anymore. And that's a big deal. That's my perspective. That's when you become a new writer of the hymns and start singing, this is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all day long. Modern version, if you hear my story, you will hear a song of grace. I can't tell you lies anymore. I can't look at you and say you're a bad person when you've done wrong. What I can do is say, 
God did something really incredible and he wants to take you through that and you're going to learn and you're going to learn about God and you're going to learn about you and your position in Christ. But your performance won't change the position. Your position will change the performance. Pray with me. Jesus, take all these words this morning, the words that I shared and the words that others shared this morning and the songs that we sang. I ask that in each of our hearts, Lord, don't leave us alone on the Ephesians thing. Cause us to run there and read. You've got a gift there for each of us, a Christmas gift this week. Don't, don't let us escape that. Don't let me, I, I'm real good at getting busy, God. Don't let me get so busy that I forget you wanted to speak to my heart. Lord, this is my position to make more room for you. I, I, I make it my posture. Stretch me out this week to think thoughts that I thought were too big for me. To see you in a way I haven't seen before. To know you that you know me perfectly and you love me as I am, not as I should be. This is my story. This is my song. So help me, God. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you, keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the grace of God.